0: Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best iron fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner's Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you a conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. In particular, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to get the free We Fish ASA app for iPhones and iDevices at the Play Store. And the podcast is always available on our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is produced by Berserk Productions. Mr. Brad Nearman down in Land Lakes, Florida. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Hope all is going going very, very well with you. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnson from St. Croix. Dave's going to visit with Trey McKinney. Uh probably the best fisherman for his age in the country Trey McKinney we've had him on before he knows what he is doing at an early age let me tell you and I get to visit with a guy who's leaving the ranks of uh, tournament bass fishing but not leaving the ranks of bass fishing he'll always be one of the best he'll always be one of the favorites he is Tim Horton but first let me swing it over to David Kranz hey David say hi to Dan Johnson for me
1: as Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on Earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good. You know, last week we talked about summer patterns. It's been hot across the country, and uh, we touched on thermal climb, but we both agreed that it would be a topic that needs to be covered by itself. So let's talk about that today and see uh, uh, what we can uh, help uh the listeners learn about what a thermocline is. You wanna give them a brief description of of how that happens?
2: Sure, yeah, it it, it is a whole podcast because it's, I I would argue, in terms of lakes, the most important thing for the summer to understand. Um, So at a high level, what happens is uh, your water warms up, especially when it warms up fast. Starts late spring, but as it starts to warm up fast, Obviously, you have much, much colder water on the bottom. So there's a layer that forms, and that layer can vary by depth uh, in regard to water clarity. Uh, You can have some times where, but like my home lake here is relatively clear, and it stratifies, stratify another word for thermocline, stratification, at about 17 feet. And there's times where it's eight. There's times it's 12. And we'll talk about how to find it in a second. But at a high level, what happens is You have two distinct layers of water temperature, and they can vary quite a bit. And in the middle of that, you actually get a real thick, condensed layer that uh, is called the thermocline. And what, what happens when you get, especially as you get later in the summer, when it first forms, it's a factor, but not as much. As as the summer progresses, when you start getting things that are settling to the bottom that have low oxygen and the overall oxygen level in that lower uh, that lower part of the column becomes literally insufficient for fish to survive for a long period of time. So obviously they move up and out of it. So that immediately points us to our strategy on how we wanna attack it. But that, that at a high level is what it is. And you're not gonna see it in rivers where the water is moving and uh, you're not not—you're not gonna see it everywhere, but certainly it's prevalent in lakes. Um, and its a, it's a big factor. I would say the number one issue from an angler's perspective into the summer.
1: Yeah, especially like you said, later into the summer, to July and August time, and um, it can um, you can have water that will not be productive because the fish just can't be there. There's not enough oxygen for them. Um, is there um, different ways at different depths to fish this?
2: Hundred percent, and that that's the whole point. We really need to get to. It's one thing to understand the what, but listeners out there are going to go, okay, what do I do about it? So first of all, let's talk about how to find it. You can absolutely see this thing on your graph and whether that's a liquid crystal, liquid crystal or uh, any any of our new advanced electronics, uh, find it and the key to it, sometimes, not always, you want to turn your sensitivity a little up, uh, but oftentimes you don't even have to do that depending on the severity of the stratification line, but it'll literally show up as a line. And once we establish where it is, this is just my opinion, but there's a lot of schools of thought out there because we did a podcast very recently on fishing and hot weather. So I will still look shallow when it's cloudy, super windy, early in the morning or right before dark. I don't even think about the thermocline. Now, as I start to get stretches where I'm not getting bit or it's getting tough, the sun's coming up, it's getting slick, or they're just shutting down on me and that shallow bite shutting down, then I'll start to fish it. But I'm more specific on, I'm going to say two things. I like to target the top five to seven feet above it uh really hardcore because a lot of times that's kind of the juice and then secondly the best case scenario is a huge tip I think i've mentioned it before is if you can find cover that tops out just over the top of it let's say you have a big reef out in the middle of a lake and the top of that rock pile tops off at 12 foot and your lake is stratifying at 16 that rock piles really really good and really they'll be there all the time all day in the morning in the evening and you're going to find bait there you're going to find available oxygen but it's out of the main light penetration as the shallow water fish are so that's a real key that's really the thing i'll look for and we talked about my family vacation trip a while back where i went out and just found nothing but bluegill beds before i fished well i'll do the same thing if i'm fishing a new lake that's stratified is i'll find all points of cover that I possibly can just above that stratification line, whether it's a big tree and 12 foot or whether it's a reef that tops out at 12, but the deep part of it's actually below it. So if that makes sense, I, I think that's a great way to get your head around it, because if we fish just above that thermocline, we're going to have a really good success in the summer. If we, if we focus below it, we think we're going to catch them on a drop shot in 25 foot like we did or, you know, way, way, way pre-spawn or whatever, then they're, they're just not going to be there.
1: No, no. And, and I, like you said, rock piles, and uh, I've also had success with it on standing timber, but you do have to realize where that line is. I always, it, to me, it always kind of looks like a s- static on the graph, and uh, it, I think is a, a way, you said a line, but to me, it's kind of like uh, the old style TVs, when they, you'd, they'd go off the air, you'd have this static, and that's what it looks like, you know, where, where yeah. that line is, but the... Uh, uh, no, it, it's it's good. Now, um, are there any baits that, since you only can go down so far, and you might have 40 foot of water, but you've got to fish that upper uh, 17 feet. What, what do you like to fish it with?
2: Well, a lot of crankbaits stay right on the package. Yeah. And that's funny because when we've, uh, I'll throw a lot of times, I'll throw like a DT-16 in 10 foot of water because I want it to beat the heck out of the bottom. Yeah. In this case, I don't. Uh, if, if I've got a stratification of 17 foot, I'll throw that DT-10 um and because i know they're going to be above it i might throw a 16 maybe but if i got floral on it it might get down and i'm not sure i don't want to be in it but i definitely want to be above it and sometimes i want to be a little bit above where i think i normally would be so that's one thing and then another great thing to practice and this is a really really good thing to practice is if you can forward facing sonar really shows you this well is like i'll take a weight forward spinner which is a great Thermocline bait. It's basically like a 2.8 Kitech with a little blade underneath it. Um, because what you can do is if you get good at counting down, like if you throw a bait out count it down and reel it in. If you know what depth that bait's coming at at a countdown, then you can throw it out way past where your electronics will mark it, but you still know how deep it is if you understand retrieve cadence and keeping it level. It's a lot of information, but it's really important. And you you can adjust that by the size of the boot tail on your bait to get it to lift or the size of the blade on the spinner. Lipless bait works real well. Believe it or not, you can catch them on a lipless bait, never contacting anything, just fishing it in the right water column, Um, so a lot of baits work real well. Another great technique, and this is for bass and crappie on bass. I would call it the, uh, uh, like, uh, any type of rig where you're, you can do it with a drop shot for sure. Like pitching a suspended drop shot. You're just not letting it all the way down. Um, or any type of presentation where you're dropping it down straight below you and lifting it and holding it, you'll see a lot of fish marked that way. And crappies are notorious for that. You can really find them grouped up, especially if you find cover right above that thermocline.
1: Yeah, and this isn't just for the uh, the guys throwing lures. You guys that are uh, using a slip float, perfect opportunity to put that bait exactly right. where it needs to be.
2: Without, that, that's exactly the point that I'm trying to make. And I tell you, one of the best bass baits to do it, of all time, and I got on it about three years ago watching Thrift throw this things to the Mickey rig, and mm-hmm. you because you can control it wherever you want to control it. You don't have to let it down at the bottom at all. And basically, you're using electronics and you're dropping it down, lifting and hold. You're not doing a lot to it, but you can really put it in a certain zone. So the main thing is to understand what fish do when our lakes stratify because they have to. They have to get to that sufficient oxygen, but it doesn't mean by any stretch of the imagination that in the summer, if our lake thermocline or stratification is at 17 foot that we have to fish from 12 to 15 and that's it, throw all the buzz baits away in the morning. That's a big mistake because they're still really shallow as well. It's just anything below that thermocline is really what you really need to rule it out when you start to mark does it, the thermocline real heavy on your graph because they're just not going to be there
1: no and and so really this is a tool that actually help us uh, eliminate some water where maybe uh, two three weeks a month earlier uh, they could use it all and now now you've kind of got them uh, constricted a little bit into at least you know the depth you need to be fishing whether that's suspended fish or whether it's that depth or shallower
2: it's the biggest advantage to fishing a thermocline is you can take a giant lake and normally we think okay, if I take a giant lake, I'm going to set it up like a golf course. I'm going to look at certain areas that get certain wind or certain sun exposure or whatever. But now we can start thinking of water column. Now we've eliminated everything between 17 foot and deeper. So we've got to imagine that it's, you know, we talked recently about fishing shade lines. We've uh, underwater. We've also talked about uh, using electronics and spending the whole day fishing things we can't see underwater. This is really the, Best example of that because we have to get our mindset on things we can't see but we know are true. And if we take that mentality and we start to wrap our heads around what lines get baits to certain depths, what baits get there. And if we target that, we're going the fish will, will tell us what to do real quick. Sometimes they want it on a fall. I mean, I, Dave, I have taken a Cinco, in open water, and let it free fall. And they'll bite it 12 foot down, a Yamamoto 5-inch Cinco, because it's kicking so good. They just get it on the drop. It doesn't even get there, and they've got it. And that's nothing I'm throwing out and reeling back to me. Or you can drop things down below the boat, or you can cast things out and chunk and wind them back on a build bait that gets down to this dire depth so it's not that we're stuck to certain bait categories uh, or colors or anything like that it's location of the bait during the thermocline is more important than anything else and we talk about speed and color and we talk about all these topics but water column location on the thermocline in my opinion is really really important it's it's the most important thing
1: and we always respect your opinion and always appreciate your insight to every topic that we talk about and uh we look forward to talking to you again next week hey dave thanks so much thank you dan that was dan johnston i am dave Cran. steve sarley's remote and this segment was brought to you by st croix the best rods on earth we'll we'll be right back after these messages Mm -hmm.
3: probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's
0: a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the
3: simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. and my favorite lines to use is Sunline.
0: How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, everybody. sharks. There we go. Uh,
4: I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market.
1: Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. My next guest has been on before. He certainly has a passion for the outdoors and a passion for life. He is Trey McKinney. Welcome back to the program, Trey. Well,
4: thank you, man. It's
1: it's my honor. Glad to have you here. We had you on last year because you became the youngest angler of the year on a major league fishing bfl and i think at that time you were 16 you're 17 now and um tell me a little bit about how many wins or how many top 20s you have going so far this year well i'll
4: tell you what it's been a it's been a very we've been very flush we'll put it at that um I think we kinda last year as you said it was a big step for me just to fish the BFL. Just kinda wanting to get my feet wet and kinda different things, you know, kinda figure out what's going on, what it's like, everything else like that. So since last year it was we were very like I said, very blessed last year. We started uh I fished the uh, the central division in the in the Toyotas this year. And the, the first one we had a had a few motor issues, but the second one I ended up at Dale Hollow ended up eighteenth and everything and End up making the the last day cut, which that was was almost as special to me to anything just to be able to make a last day cut in that big a tournament for me anyways. So, and then, I mean, as you know, we went to Chickamauga and had another great finish. I think we ended up like a a 35th out of, I mean, them guys. There's a lot, a lot of good fishermen in those. So, it was a lot of different, but I think I'm going to hopefully get an alternate tournament for the, um, uh, yeah, the Gunnersville tournament, the very first one. So hopefully it'll be on Lake Truman, so hopefully we can see what goes on there for points wise but no uh here lately we've just been as of right now, my schedule's kind of freed up a little bit, so we're just kind of just fishing around anything local any like English choice trying to make it to classics like u s a bass and classic there's a there's a bunch of different ways you can like basically me and my partner right now Rick Cheatham, is just trying to get into um just See what doors will open, as you know. Um, see how many d- different tournaments we can get in. Um, kind of make it to the classics. Like I think a uh, nineteen trail this year. I think we're going to try to get in an it. Just see if we can go t- for the boat. So that that will be cool as well. And of course, BFLs. I think we got as of right now three left. So hopefully, hopefully those will go out. Just great and uh we got one that's it, it's always my toughest tournament and it's on the river for a uh gulcana but this year i think we're taking out a paducah so ho- hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll change something a little
1: bit that'll be good that'll be good yeah the last bfl you you won um and that was was that last weekend, or a couple weekends ago
4: uh, yes yeah, yeah, sir that was uh, I think uh, it
1: should have been last weekend yep yeah, yep yeah. so uh, and that's good and and you had a good finish in the first one so uh, you are ranked uh, first for the points for the year again at up to this point. Yes, sir. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. It'd be nice to qualify uh, again uh, and get Angler of the Year, which is great. And then uh, you were talking about the uh, Toyota series and you're doing the Central. For those that don't realize it, there's a, there's a series of three that you do. And then we're allowed to do a, a wild card um, tournament so that if you have one that you didn't finish as good as you want, you can go do a wild card and insert that one in place to make the championship. And generally, that championship is. Uh, Uh, About three hundred boats, I believe, and you uh, you're fishing for two hundred thousand dollars, and there's no entry fee, which is the goal to get to, right?
4: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good series, and and it's a lot of fun. And uh, so, um, let's remind people that you've been on uh, before a couple times, I think. But uh, you are homeschooled, correct? Yes,
4: sir. Yes, sir. Just for uh, like I said, of of course, we try to make school uh, always comes first, of course. And uh, as right now for like traveling schedule, I, I, as much as we do, as much as places we go for like the show, anything about like that, it just makes it easier on on, on my schedule wise, and trying to get my schoolwork done, of course. So it's been working out
1: really well for us. Excellent, excellent. And and Ed, yeah, you're right. It it fits the uh, the bill better to be able to do this. Uh, what what are your uh, your long term goals in this uh, in this uh, fishing game? What what do you hope to achieve? Because you're doing great right now as a as a young man, and uh, definitely uh, high school tournaments and and even like BFLs and and uh, Toyota Series. Where are we going to see Trey McKinney's name in the future?
4: i tell you what, um, I mean, everybody has a dream of uh, being a professional fisherman, anybody, anybody that is in the industry. And, I mean, it's always awesome just to, I mean, I'm just trying to try just to keep building my name, as you know, I'm building um, a brand, basically, trying to get all the way to the top. And, I mean, that's like that's like everybody's dream, of course. But um, it, it's kind of hard to say which division I'm going to fall to. Um, It, it just... <sighs> Everybody like you'll talk to half people and they'll say, "Oh yeah, just stay where you're at. Go to Toyotas, fish online of them, see if you can make it to the uh, to the top level and see if you can qualify." And then you have that certain percentage that says go the bass way and try to make it to the leaks. Which, I mean, everybody, I mean. That is everybody to fish the Bassmaster Classic. I mean, that that is awesome. That that is a dream. That if it comes true, it's unreal. It, it's just such a blessing if you can make it there. So that's one thing I've always kind of wanted to fish. I mean, that's it, it's just it's just the Bassmaster Classic. As you know, it's it's huge. It's massive, and and, and it's, that would be that'd be one dream that I, I would love to make happen. So um, it, it's kind of hard to say where we're gonna fall on that um but next year hopefully we can kind of be in that group a little bit more hopefully i'm, I'm going to try to fish a lot more opens next year and kind of away from home maybe not lean as much towards the bfls go more towards the opens next year so but um it, it's going to be exciting hopefully next year on on where we go and where we try to set our path
1: yeah yeah absolutely well what's your opinion on the formats now they're bringing in the biggest five on the if you get it to the elites but on the uh uh toyota or on the um tackle warehouse division and the bass pro division if you get to there on, on major league fishing you uh some of those it's kind of split um where you you count every fish how would you do uh there with your style are you a bring in five or are you count every fish over a certain weight guy
4: i'll tell you what um I used to always have a nickname, I, I, I wasn't about it, but everybody used to call me Minnie McKinney. Like, I, I just love getting that. I, that was my deal. I love getting bites. Like, I don't care if they were 12 inches to 14 inches, and then, like, Rick, that, that's what that's all he, that's, that is him. He, he's a five-bite guy. Like, as long as he gets five bites and they outweigh all, my, all 30 of my fish that I catch on a little turd or a little, little bitty bait or, or something crazy, and and that, that makes him happy. And I'll tell you what, last these last couple of years, I've really start started to trying to get that into my picture. Um, but it, I mean, I'm all like I said, I'm still a guy that loves to catch him. So it, it's kind of hard to say. And I've always, when I watch it on television and everything else, I'll be like, man, I just wonder how I could do like because I, I love my live scope. I love throwing eight pound line. I love throwing a spinning rod. Um, all that style wise, of just getting bit catching that over two pounder. Um, and I, I love it. Just a lot of lakes around here. Usually I'll go for bites and then eventually, usually I catch like a better fish than average and go from there. And that's basically what I, how I always start out. I always try to get bites first, get a limit, get the pressure off kind of, because for me was I mean, of course, if you got a limit, you just, you just, your mind's more relaxed. You fish better. You're not as nervous. You're not, you don't like, man, I got to get one more bite in 30 minutes, man. I got, I got one more. I got four. I got to get five. So, um, Absolutely, I, I think it would be. A, I honestly think it'd be a good experience for me to that's, go try it. So that, that's what I'm saying. It's so hard to pick on um, which way to go because I, I feel like I would love it as well.
1: Yeah, and you said you like throwing a spinning rod, which will be helpful because right now, if you are not a master of a spinning rod, it's hard to compete at whatever level, whatever divisions you pick because so many of these tournaments, you need a spinning rod. Now, here's a question for you. You're you're in Southern Illinois. How about the tournaments, no matter where you go, you're going to end up fishing places like Lake Champlain or Oneida or Lake Erie? Or or uh, Thousand Islands. How how is Stray McKinney going to do there on the smallmouth game?
4: I'll tell you what. Um, that, that's a very good question, and I, I took I took some trips up there, just just like you said, just kind of trying to prepare myself as much as possible, sort of kind of. And um, I'll tell you what it it's kind of where. I I mean, I hate to say that some people call it cheap or whatever, but I just call it fun. I I love my live scope, like, or active target, I think next year, which is the way I'm going to go. So, I mean, as long as it's that kind of fishing-wise, I mean, honestly, anymore, if I fish deeper than five foot, that's where my head is. I'm not worried about anything else. I'm just maybe looking where I cast and everything else, but most of the time, I'm just scanning around. Making sure I don't miss that one fish. I mean, that that's all it's about. I mean, I'll, I'll be fishing shallow, cranking the bank, and all of a sudden I'll pan out and go, "Oh, there's one!" Pick up my spinning rod, flip out there, and catch it. Like that's just that's just how I've I've started fishing even more because anymore it's so tough and pressured everywhere. That if you learn that skill, it's it's going it's going to bring so many more fish in your boat. I mean, compared to everybody else, I mean, as long as you just go down. And here's the thing with me. You can make 20 casts without it, right? And you might only have five to six or seven in, in that in a high percentage area. But therefore, if I'm scanning around, I got my spinning rod, I'm more focused on it, I might put 10, I might, I might make less casts because I'm, I'm looking at it, but all 10 of my casts is probably 90% going to be in a high percentage area that looks better than anything else around. So that's that's kind of the way I look around it for So it'd be—I mean, I'm not a Clearwater guy, and and of course you can see like forever out there. But um, I I feel like I feel like I can maybe, hopefully, can hold my own. Just depends, like you know, just depends on how practice goes or what else. But it would definitely be a very um, different experience. But um, I, I feel like spinning rod, maybe some electronics and everything else, just depending. The thing that would mess me up the most and, and would be the craziest is, like, pre-fishing. Like, they're so big. Like, I, I wouldn't know where to go. I mean, I would try to, like, big, like most big lakes, are all, any cove or any bay that, man, everybody's like, man, there's so many tournaments going on out of this giant bay. Well, I'll just spend, like, a day there. Like, I'll just spend a day, see if I can figure it out, see what's going on and everything else. But there, I mean, you look out across it and it's just like nothing. There, You can't even see land or nothing. So, <laughs> it, would, it would be definitely... Yeah. Definitely be a different step for me, but I feel like just kind of getting used to it as well. As you know, I feel I feel like it, it could maybe go
1: alright. I think it would go alright, and uh, we're definitely uh, going to follow your career and and uh, have you on the podcast again as you continue to uh, win. And um, thanks again, Trey, for being on the podcast. We're, we'll uh, we'll be calling you again.
4: <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Man, And I hope everybody else listening to this
1: has a great day and you guys as well. Uh, we will. Thank you. That was Trey McKinney. I am Dave Cran. Steve Siley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. For those with a passion for the outdoors, the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back.
0: The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait-and-tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. while Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV, the Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long-control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Surley. My partner, Dave Kranz, is remote. Uh, with us right now is a true legend, uh, one of my favorite guys in the business to watch fish. Uh, he's, he's got a passion like everybody ought to have. He he lets it show. He puts on a great show. He's done so many things. He's won in Bassmaster. He's won in Major League Fishing. Uh, TV star. You, you see him everywhere. Please welcome Tim Horton. Hey Tim, how are you doing? Man, yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Steve. Hey, no no problem at all. Let's we'll get right to the point and then, then we'll backtrack. Uh, I was astounded and very disappointed to hear the news that one of my favorite professional fishermen was leaving the ranks of uh, tournament fishing. Tim Horton is, is Tim Horton is at least taking a breather, if not retiring forever. What the heck is going on? Hey, I'm not going anywhere. I, I'm just gonna, you know, I really
3: enjoy uh, the television show and social media. And then Kim and I have so much going on with her. Our Willowwood Lodge and our fishing More company, um, and I tell folks I like to do things really well, and if you're doing too much, it's hard to do things really well. So, you know, we're going to focus on uh, uh, what we've got going on and, and with with our other businesses, and and as far as you know, getting out and teaching people to catch fish, which is what I really enjoy doing. We're going to focus on that a lot more with the television show.
0: All right, that's a, that sounds fair. It's a it's a good explanation. It doesn't make it. Uh, any less sad for me. Um, hey, hey, I can tell you, I can tell you, when the
3: season starts next year, and I'm watching all of my buddies that I grew up with out there competing, and I'm out there, it's going to sting. There ain't no doubt about it. But uh, uh, but I'm going to be a fan watching and cheering them on, that's for sure.
0: I'll tell you something, uh, maybe getting ahead of myself on this one. I, I got sold. You were the first fisherman to sign up for or to be asked, recruited. To
3: be a part of Major League Fishing is that right? Yeah, yeah, I was the first uh, first angler. I was like, "Hey, who's with me?" I was, you know, kind of walked the plank, I guess, by myself to begin with, and uh, uh, it was pretty cool to see everybody else coming aboard. But I, but we knew, you know, we had a feeling that everybody else was uh, coming. We we had heard how popular Major League Fishing was from our fans. You know, we went and worked sports shows, and you know, that's all everybody talked about was you know the, the score tracker and how exciting it was and and uh, we all enjoyed it from a perspective from the anglers. So um, it's been a big hit, and it has been uh, it's been a cool ride. And I think uh, even bigger things are coming now with the pro circuit and uh, everything. It's it's
0: been really cool. I'll tell you something. Uh, the, the, I've been a fan uh, from the beginning, uh, and, and I was glad they started Major League Fishing. I certainly think there's room for both big circuits to be operating. <laughs> But the thing that put me over the over the edge on on really getting to like major league fishing was the first time I saw you in the boat where they had the camera following you in the boat, and and I'll tell you why that is. Uh, in any kind of professional sports, they interview the athletes and they always are so polite. Oh yeah, uh, it was an honor to finish second to him and. Uh, he deserved to win and and all this real nice and polite stuff and i swear when i watch tim horton fishing you're not happy that somebody's beating you 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 let that show you're you're a little bit perturbed that somebody's catching fish and you're not and you're not afraid to let that show you you get to watch the real tim horton on the screen Hey, it is man, and I'm
3: telling you, you you know when you're sitting there focused and trying to catch one, and focus, because comes with a sport tracker update, you don't want to hear it, you know. And, uh, but that's uh, that's the way it is. And then all that you know mind game starts happening. Hey, you know because Gary Klein caught one, he's fishing shallow, or because Kevin Van Dam caught one, he's fishing deep. Then you start playing those mind games of what the strategy is for those anglers, and uh, then it, then it really gets complicated for you.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's uh, uh it, it's uh, I I don't think there's anything to matter with somebody saying, "Hey, I won, I deserved it, and I'm glad I did, and I'm going home with the check." See y'all later. Yeah, okay. Go go for it. No, it, it is it, it's a, it, it is a cool dynamic, and and in in that regard, we were just talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago, and I asked how they liked this uh, upcoming concept that they're going to do with team fishing you're going to assign three anglers to a team you won't fish in a boat together but you'll all be working as as a, as a team and your scores share what do you think about something like that
3: i think it's cool i think the aspect of you know some of the some of the dynamics that we're going have they made it public I, I, we were told we got a gag order on it but if it's uh, i don't know if it's maybe it's public now but um, but i am i'm excited about it i think it's going to be really cool um uh, and I think from the aspect of communicating with with the other anglers uh, and what's going on, having that earpiece in is gonna is gonna really be cool for the fans.
0: Well, I I, I laughed I, I laughed because I can't remember who it was. I, I this was just a couple of weeks ago. I said, "What do you think about this?" He says, "Well, he says it's gonna be strange because if you end up say you get end up drawn on a team with Brian Thrift, how do you get information out of him? Guy's a clam. He doesn't talk about nothing." What are you catching them on? He's not going to, you know, it's, it's going to be impossible to try to get it. He said, and there's other guys that are like that. He said, so being assigned guys to share information with may not be the best thing in the world. And I just laughed at that because really that does make a lot of sense.
3: Yeah, when, when you see these guys, though, they, they, they're they going to quickly understand the game and know that, uh, hey, I've got to get my guys on fish if I'm on fish. and. And, and probably what you're going to see these guys do is go out and eventually have different strategies, uh, and let guys fish their strength. And then once once a team starts getting it down the you're going to see them start doing start doing similar things. But you got to be careful with that because uh, you know when you see uh, the other guys running uh, running around doing different things, it really. Uh, it really educates them into what's going on. So it's, it's, it's definitely a mind game that gets played, and with three people doing it, it's going to be even more so.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I think it's an interesting concept. I'm dying to see it happen. Uh, let, let's go back. You know, we, we already mentioned the fact that you're getting out of the game, kind of. Uh, let's get back to the beginning because you've been around it for a long time. How did you get into pro-fishing?
3: Well, I think... Um you know, when I was young, I guess I was just consumed with watching fishing in general on television you know i, I would I would say the Bill dance and the lenders and and you know Jimmy Houston Roland Martin Hank Parker, all those guys. I was just fascinated with watching fishing happen uh, and and watching the bassmasters, you know and watching competition, seeing Demi Brower and Harry Nixon and all of my heroes consistently doing well and and that was fascinating to me, both from both from being intrigued how to fool a bass, but also being highly competitive. Um, and it just evolved into you know wanting to do it, I passionately wanting to do it for a living. And then when I started it, it was really all I thought about. I mean, how was I going to catch my next bass was was just what consumed every thought that I had, and and, um, and just, just fell in love with it. And, and what's fortunate, and I tell people this all the time when I'm doing seminars, I tell this to parents a lot, you know, we, we look at, you know, get kids outdoors, get them fishing. Is, is just a cliche or just a talking point. If not, it's so much more than that. Because what you're going to do, you're going to give somebody something that they have that they can do and enjoy the rest of their life. Because everybody needs something. And that's what bass fishing has been for me. It's, it's that something that just, I look forward to, uh, even when I'm taking my girls out fishing, or Tim and I go. You know, it's just uh, something that's inside of me just as it is every one of us.
0: Yeah, for sure, and and, and I appreciate you saying that. And I, I say that a lot. Uh, you know, I think these, these uh, fishing teams in high school and college are great because it's it's giving you a skill you'll have for the rest of your life, and, and any sport you play in high school, hockey, uh, uh, baseball, football, whatever, you're, you're done playing that once your school years are over. I mean, unless you're going to going pro, which is highly unlikely, you're, 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 your sporting career is over, but tennis – golf and fishing are teams you can get on He'd be doing those when you're collecting a social security check. what a beautiful thing that is people ought to think about their future in that regard.
3: yeah it is and uh, but, you know just like those sports you mentioned I mean that is that is those people's lives and and, and it's just it's just when you have something and then next thing you know you've got a group of people that enjoy that same thing. And we see it with the bass club. We see it with college fishing, high school fishing. And it just evolves. And, and the neat thing about bass fishing is you can get what you want out of it. For for some people, it's just therapy on the weekends, so relaxation. Uh, for some people, it's it's that connection with their kids. And for some folks, it's the highest end of competition that you can get. And, um, and that's the neat thing about our sport. It's so many different things to so many different people. And uh, that's what makes it really, really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, you moved, you moved up, uh, in the, uh, BASS world, uh, until you got, uh, fishing at the top level of the elites. You did real well there. I, I think you had five, uh, uh five elite victories, uh, won yourself a lot of money and, and then you got the offer to, to switch leagues and, and you did it. Uh, and I, I mentioned it, but we didn't really So, what, what, pushed you over the edge into making that decision to switch to major league fishing?
3: Um, I think um, I think the biggest thing was, was the amount of coverage and airtime that was available uh, with major League Fishing from a from both the television standpoint and the live coverage. I think that was a big deal. And you know, the biggest thing for me, I guess, if, if, if I say that I want to make it again, I wanna know that I'd be the best in the world. And and the way that roster was taking shape and what was happening. You know, when when you hear K. B. B. coming, and and uh, the late Aaron Martin's is coming, and Edwin Evers is coming, and and you hear those guys, uh, and then the younger generation, you look at Jacob Wheeler and and Jordan Lee and Justin Lucas. So when you, when you know you've won an event, you've beat the best in the world, and that and that was always my drive, no matter no matter where I was and where I was going. And that's not to knock bash the best league guys at all. There, there are some guys over there that flat-out dominated Major League Fishing, too. Um, but, if, but if you look from top to bottom, that roster of Major League Fishing is, is the best angle in the world.
0: You know, I, I, I agree I agree with you 100%, but you know what? And, and you've done this a number of times. What, is there any, any event, any tournament that you ever were signed up for that leading up to it made, made your stomach tingle? like your stomach tingles when you're getting ready to fish a Bassmaster Classic. I'm
3: sorry, repeat that
0: if you broke up. Does anything, does anything get your blood pumping and and your, and your stomach tingling as much as knowing that you're going to the Classic? Um,
3: no, that, that's, a, that's a big event. Uh, I think uh, anytime you look at, a, at an end of the year championship, you know, you work all year for it. And, and I think, you know, Bobby it. Thing. I know you saw how emotional he up and uh, and we saw Jason Christie win the classic I think I think you can any of those guys that you talk to that fish their league and run through that whole season you know what a big deal it is to win that event And because there's so much coverage of it there's so much and there's there's that adoration from from your peers you know um, I think and, that, and I think that's why we told the points championship the anger of the year championship so dear Uh as far as as far as the pro anglers go because that is such a hard hard title to be in uh, because you can't have a up all year long at you know what Jacob Wheeler did last year and and, and what he's doing again this year is just mind boggling for me I think he, he's literally the best that's ever done it and um, but, uh, but yeah there there is it's cool when you get that rush and and, and I tell people all the time, hey, when you lose that, it's time to go. It wasn't that, it wasn't that for me. I still get goosebumps when it's time to take off. Uh, when we get to a new lake and the first day of practice starts, you anticipate them. I'm telling you, I'm going to miss it. But there's just, I, I, I guess I have just a real, and I know I'm getting off the question a little bit, but I, I just have a real entrepreneur spirit about me where I want to do a lot of other things. I want to say, hey, there's more to life than looking at the leaderboard. You know, and and doing things that I can pass down to to my kids. You know, you can't pass down uh, a a, a pro tournament career. You know, so so there's things that I want to do to influence them so that maybe they get involved with some of the businesses we have going.
0: Excellent, excellent. Very, very good. I need to take a real quick break. Folks, this is Steve Surley on We Fish ASA. I'm visiting with Tim Horton, the soon-to-be-retired Tim Horton. Well, kind of. We're explaining that as we go along. But uh, we're going to spend more time with Tim and talk to him when we come back right after this. We Fish ASA with Tim Horton. We'll be right back.
2: You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably...
3: Four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube, but I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody made one soft enough. Big bite has come with this new tour series of bait. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs onto it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube.
0: Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long-control light lure casting. Mag4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Surley. And don't forget that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. And please welcome back Mr. Tim Horton. Hey, Tim, glad glad, glad you're here. We talked about how you got into this. We're talking about how you're getting out of this. Uh, You're a positive guy. You you seem like everything is good in in Tim Horton's world, but is there anything you ever complain about that now you're getting out of the tournament circuits? You say, I'm not going to miss this part of it. Is there anything that you're going to be happy to leave behind?
3: i think uh i'm not gonna miss the politics that's in every world um and and that's one thing that that uh i guess that i've enjoyed about fishing and 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 that's unfair to say i guess about mass because i don't think that the ownership is that way at all but um uh, i'm I'm not gonna miss politics i'm not a political person i think i think right is right and wrong is wrong and if you catch them you should get coverage not because you play politics so that, that part of it, uh, I'm not going to miss. Um, I, I, I guess probably in the middle of my career when I, when I was really, really, really doing well, I probably toted that on my back a little bit more than I should have uh, looking back on it. But I'm also glad of some of the things that we got accomplished and that we changed. Um, some of the, uh, I, the biggest thing that I'm going to miss though, and this is from a positive standpoint, is the guys. I mean, that is that is literally your family, and it has been mine for 22 years. You know, I grew up with Kelly Gordon and 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 Edmund and KVD and and all of the buddies that uh, that we have on tour. You know, it's it's been one big family. I think when we were we were at Red Crest right after I announced that, I probably had more of the wives come up to me and talk about that. Um, you know, just that aspect of how we have. All, all, grew up out there as a big family. So I'm going to miss the guys more than, uh, more than any part of it. More than, more than the thrill of winning. More than the, the agony of defeat. Uh, more than any of that.
0: That's for sure. Yeah, I think a lot. I think a lot of athletes. Uh, I think a lot of athletes say that, and uh, it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that. What would have shocked the hell out of me if you would have said, Yeah, I really miss driving from event to event. Boy, that was a special time for me, being in the truck all by myself. Oh, man, that's got to be something you're just dying to get away from.
3: Yeah, the driving driving part sometimes gets old, but there's so many good stories that happen. One, Russ Lane and I can always laugh about it California Delta. I'm going to tell that story, but there's just story after story, uh, Terry's driving since All of my buddies that uh, that we've had fun with. The, the driving part is can get a little tough, but usually you're traveling with folks, and, and there's some funny things that happen along the way. Some things that maybe aren't so funny, will break breakdowns that you laugh about later on. But um, uh, and I, I think I think all the guys can run a book. It's it's funny things transpire out and talking about storytelling it's funny we get a fog delay, everybody gets around Mark Davis and he's such a big storyteller <laughs> everybody's <laughs> going to laugh and next thing you know it's time to take off and everybody gets serious all of a sudden but um, it, that those, those those little things and, and all of the different personalities of everybody you know like you know Dean Brower retired about four or five years ago and just just missing seeing him I, I know before we took off at Lake of the Ozarks I sent him a text and he was flying back and it just you because know, that's where Dini grew up. But, you know, obviously living down at Lakeland, but um, just just watching how all that happens and, 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 you know, still seeing Larry Nixon out here competing, to me, is, is cool. And just the whole dynamic of all of it. But I am. I'm going to miss the guy, that's for sure.
0: Hey, th- think about think about. I think you're 50, aren't you?
3: I, I turned 50 in
0: October. I sure do. Okay. 50, 50 years old. You think about this. 30 years from now, do you see yourself standing in a booth, at the Red Crest signing autographs like uh, uh, a Hank Parker is doing today? It broke up again. Can you see yourself 30 years from now in a booth at the Red Crest signing autographs like a Hank Parker is doing today? Oh,
3: the fans is the the reason we all make a living. Um, And one of the things I'm looking forward to doing is, you know, I've worked with Bass Pro Shops now for 20 years, and I'm looking forward to spending more time in the stores, doing seminars, I, I, that part of it, I'm going to be doing more of, um, you know, and it, it really goes hand in hand with the social media and the television show. So, yes, for sure, uh, in 20 years from now, I'm hoping I'm, I'm still around and, and uh, signing autographs and, and hanging out with fans and talking fishing, because that's, that's really what all this boils down to. Is is we get obsessed with with fooling a fish that has a brain the size of a pea and it's just such a challenge <laughs> uh, mind boggling. But yeah, yeah. I love that aspect of it.
0: I tell you, are you're, you're a you're a people person and you're a great teacher and instructor. Do you, do you ever miss not having co anglers in the boat? You know, there, there's times
3: I'm gonna tell you what was cool. And, and let, let me let me let me first say. I like it better the way it is now. I do, and I think every pro would tell you that. Because we don't get caught up in, uh, you know, saving our fish. Because it's, it's a tough deal, because you want to do that coin the right and let them have a good day. But you also know how important those fish are to be there the next day and, and not get taken back to the way in or not get caught and released, as we do with the majorly the fishing. But one thing that was cool to me about it was how many times you've seen a new technique uh, not a new technique, but a new technique for you that day. You're so focused on, man, I'm catching them cranking, or I'm catching them on a jig, or I'm catching them finets. And the guy in the back of the boat doing something completely different, and the bass are wanting that that day. So that aspect of it was pretty cool to see that, because a lot of times when we get a pattern going at a lake, and then uh, we just get too much tunnel vision, too much focused on, hey, they're not biting, let me go somewhere else. Well, yeah, they are. They're there. You're just not giving the right presentation. So from that aspect of it, that that part of, of having the
0: co-anglers was really neat. Sure, sure, makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Uh, you you kind of surprised me at the beginning. You said something about a lodge that you guys are doing. What's that all about? Well, the
3: right now I'm sorry I broke
0: up. You, you you and Kim are doing a lodge. I am so sorry, Steve. Wait, did, did are you and Kim involved in a lodge now? Yes, yes,
3: Kim and I with the lodge. Yes, i apologize. yeah, Willow Oak Lodge. We um, we do. We have a lake. We have hunting, fishing, uh, upland bird hunting, turkey hunting, whitetail. Um, we also do a lot of weddings and uh, that stuff. Uh, we we do. We and we're having a blast with that. And it's the same thing. It's the, it's all about the people. You know, the people we meet and we've made lifelong friends there, and just uh, uh, just having a ball
0: with that with that venture. And uh, where is that at? Where's the, where's, where's the
3: lodge located? Yes, it's in northwest Alabama, uh, in Spruce Pine, Alabama. And folks can look it up at visitwillowoak.com. And it, it is a preserve. It's uh really enormous whitetail deer. Uh, we got a lake that has a, a spring-fed uh, lake and it. it. has actually a really new artesian spring. with 55 feet water. It's a great cloud. small Oh, wow. that's
0: that, cool that sounds so cool and 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 we both mentioned we both mentioned Kim uh, you know I've met a lot of the uh, I've met a lot of the tournament fishermen's wives and I've got to say from talking to your wife Kim there's probably nobody out there sharper uh, business-wise fishing business-wise uh, out of all the roster of, of wives on the tour than your wife Kim she's great isn't she Oh, well, she's, she's up there
3: she's so talented you know uh, she actually films uh, my my buddy. He, he still films with me too. That's been there from the beginning. But Kim will go and film under camera. Uh, she handles all of the commercial logs with the network and all of the production and and communication with the business side of it. And she also handles all of all of it at Willow Law. She's just incredible. She's she. You know, I, I I tell people it's funny. I tell this to my girls all the time. You know, when you're when you're in a relationship look for somebody that's a hard worker i used to hear my dad say that all the time I say dad everybody works you know my dad would always say man that guy's a worker or that lady's a worker and uh and Kim is definitely that she's just uh she's definitely got it together and we and we have a lot of fun and complement each other real well we we're different in a lot of aspects i'm, I'm the guy that just flies through everything and don't look at details a lot. Excuse the detail-oriented, so we complement each other well in that
0: aspect. Very, very good. That is that is an excellent combination, and and it and it shows. It shows. I ask you another question. Uh, tell me, what is profound outdoors, and how is that doing for you?
3: Oh, no, it's going fantastic. It's funny. I talk about we're in Z-ball season here uh of the Tennessee River. So the Z Boss is really a popular lure. But it's going great. You know, we started that I believe in two thousand fourteen. We had our best year ever last year. And um it, it's just uh it's just going well. I, I enjoy designing, building new lures. And we got we got something pretty cool coming out we're gonna announce here at, at the beginning of January. So uh I c I can't let the cat out of the bag on that but uh but we're we're really excited about Profound and Azuma and all of the all the line there. It's pretty cool.
0: Excellent. Well, you are you are a powerhouse in the business, and I, I'm sad to see you retire from competitive fishing. I'm sure it won't be your last tournament. Uh, I got a funny <laughs> feeling you'll either uh, you, you, you'll get into a couple things here or there, or you know they're doing a little bit more of this old timer stuff. You know.
3: Yeah, hey, I may, uh, I may jump on some some Toyota Series or some Pro Series. I, I, I got a feeling I'm going to do something. Uh, the, the tackle, uh, the, the, excuse me, the Bass Pro Tour though is so, so long. It, in, in the guys that do it love it. They're married to it. They, they, they do well at it. But it is so, uh, uh, it takes up so much of your time. You know, it's usually by the time you travel, it's a ten day event in um, the amount of events we have. So I'm looking forward to having a little bit more time to concentrate on other things. But I can assure you, I'm going to have to get that competitive fix somewhere, regardless of what it is. And uh, if, if it's a little Thursday night or on the home lake of Cedar Creek Reservoir, that may be it. But, <laughs> but I'm going to get my fix somewhere. I promise you, I'm going to get out there and compete uh, and have a good time somewhere.
0: Dying to see it. Well, well, Tim Horton, thank you for being with us. Thank you for you know giving, giving your valuable time I appreciate watching you throughout your career. It'll be interesting watching the rest of the season, and I just hope you go out with a bang and and, and win another one of them blue trophies before it's over. That that would be really
3: cool. Thanks so much, Steve, for
0: having me on. Excellent. Tim Horton, folks, the incredible Tim Horton. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best-time fishing show on the radio or the Internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnson from St. Croix. Trey McKinney, young superstar in the bass fishing world. God, does that guy have a career in front of him or what? And Tim Horton. He's retiring from the ranks of professional competition, but not retiring. We'll be seeing Tim around plenty, let me tell you. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, Baker's lot of products and fit your fishing lifestyle and passion and dawa We've got your bass covered. They certainly do. diwa Rails. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. And don't forget to get the uh, free We Fish ASA app at the uh, Apple Store for iDevices. Free app for iDevices. And don't forget to check out our website WeFishASA.com If you like what you hear, please let us know if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about. For someone we ought to have on our show, please let us know that too. I'm Steve Sarley. I'm here with Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing.
2: I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch